the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a very special guest. She's been on before, but it's been a while. Um, we're in the studio today with Janice Jacobs, and we're going to be talking about prevention education. Uh, Janice is an anti-trafficking activist and the parent of teenagers, brave woman. <laughs> uh, she's worked with California Against Slavery to draft and lobby for SB 1165, which is California's first sexual abuse and sex trafficking prevention education law and she is also the creator of abolitionistmom.org which is a human trafficking prevention portal and has produced human trafficking awareness campaigns across uh, the, the California I think actually um, there's been some uh, consideration in the nation so I know I'd love to talk some more about that and these have reached tens of millions of people across California she is absolutely a subject matter expert on the issue of sex trafficking and labor trafficking. And then most recently, she was the associate producer of a documentary called California's uh, Forgotten Children and an advisor on KTOP's TV uh, production of Bought and Sold. And I, I can't I can't stop until I mention also named the first 2014 modern day abolition abolitionist for advocacy by the San Francisco Coalition to End Human Trafficking in. And so, wow, I am just honored to be here with you today and uh, to interview you about prevention education. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you, Vanessa. And I'm also, <laughs> as you know, a big fan of yours as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we often have a little chuckle about, you know, curing world hunger together. So um, it's an aspiration, isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> so, well, um, so just kind of going back, I'd love for the listening audience, uh, although we have had you on um, a couple years back, uh, actually at the time when you received your award, um, I would love to uh, just let the listening audience know a little bit about how you how did you get started in this issue? I know you, like me, come from high tech uh, background as a recruiter, and then you made this switch over. What happened? So I think because in part I was working in Silicon Valley, um, but I was living in Oakland and um, I was pretty surprised one day to see an NPR article about human trafficking in Oakland and it completely opened my eyes to what was going just a couple miles from my house and I kind of had this epiphany of being 13 years old and learning about the Holocaust when I was in religious school and wondering what were people doing when their neighbors were being taken away. Mm. And it really was just a matter of a few seconds where I I thought, I can't have this happening to children in my community, a couple miles from my house, and not do something. I mean, I didn't see myself going up against the exploiters on the street, because I'm kind of a chicken, mm-hmm. but I knew that I could march into City Hall yeah, and I could, and I could shake things up there and say, why, you know, why, if I could not know this is going on and I'm someone who's interested and active and a supporter of global women's rights right. and is going on in my own community, then it's not being highlighted. Right. So that's just kind of what started my path, which led me to volunteer with a local organization called Missy and also California Against Slavery on the human trafficking uh, uh, law that passed in 2014. Yeah. So 2012. Yeah. So I remember when that when that passed, and actually before that, it was Prop 35, right? Right. Was, uh, was a huge focus for all of us, and we did that march. Uh, 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 there on on International Boulevard, uh, stop walk the track, and then um, I remember sitting down with Daphne and kind of talking about what do we need to do next, and um, prevent you know education came up because it is so um, you know it is uh, thirty four to one for every dollar that we spend on prevention education if we don't do that uh, we'll we'll see thirty four dollars. Um, uh, for uh, in an aftercare, right? That we have to spend to deal with the trauma. Never mind the fact that this is a child, that it's a human that has been traumatized unnecessarily, and and so how powerful is that for us to um to have a priority to prevent this from happening, prevent our children from being exposed or being recruited into human trafficking. So so SB uh, 1165 was a, a guideline, right? So guidelines were issued to California's schools to begin to prioritize prevention education. Um, I know uh, just remembering when we first went into that, um, we tried to make it a mandate, uh, but, um, you know, weren't able to do that mostly because of the appropriations issue and the cost therein. Uh, so it was a guideline. Um, but it really, it really spoke, I think, loudly to the schools and that this is real, right? Yeah. Well, I think the, I think people are beginning to understand that sex trafficking and, um, sexual exploitation is, is a, a, 
very widespread concern. Um, the internet has scaled the problem making. Um, it much easier for predators to reach our kids, even our own homes, when we're standing right there. Yeah. And um, it's happening all over rural counties and urban counties. And it's just very, very widespread. And I think people are beginning to wake up to this. The reality of the problem is, is that this is not something we can police our way through. Yeah. This is, it's so widespread. Um, 15% of all men have purchased sex at least once. Yeah. This is very, very broad problem. So it's not something we can police our way through. It is not something we can rehabilitate through the amount of money, as you suggested, that it takes the amount of resources to rehabilitate someone who's gone through such extreme trauma is just overwhelming that our budgets don't. Um, city, county, state, federal cannot deal with the trauma. The only real tool we have is to wake kids up to and wake families up and communities up to the various tactics that traffickers, predators use to lure you through many different avenues through internet relationships, through fake jobs, through um, and then what happens even in in families and communities and and uh, your first um, degree of separations at school where where young people may be in the the fray of sex trafficking and are able to recruit friends or relatives into um, agreeing to be exploited, self-exploiting themselves and self-selling. And so it's really important that people understand the many different faces uh, that what sex trafficking looks like because the media portrays it like the movie Taken where it's all force and that someone is forced into it. But fraud and coercion are, are other huge um, avenues and and really probably much more, more prevalent, prevalent. Yeah. than force. Absolutely. I think people have that misnomer that, you know, and it's in the terminology is gorilla pimping, right? That someone just snatched and taken into a car, as you mentioned, you know, the Hollywood version. And that does happen. But like you said, the coercion and the force and the threatening, I mean, the, the, not the force, the coercion and the, the manipulation and the threats um, are much more prominent and um, Romeo pimping scenario where someone presents themselves as a boyfriend turns the relationship exploitative over time is much more uh, common. And um, and so, you know, you and I have uh, worked on a variety of projects as it relates to this, um, whether it's uh, your billboard campaigns. You know, we've been chipping at this, trying to get the word out. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what what your perspective is? You 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 gather all these resources on abolitionistmom.org and you know present them out to the community. I'd love to get your take on obviously you know uh, Love Never Fails is part of uh, the Protect Collaborative. We have our prevention education offer that is for fifth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh grade students in classroom. But I'd love to get your perspective on what's out there. What is working well to educate kids? on prevention, uh, on how they can prevent uh, human trafficking, and then what's working well to get the community educated. Get your, your thoughts on that, and we'll come right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. 
We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in studio today with Janice Jacobs, who is the founder of abolitionistmom.org and the recipient of many awards for her advocacy uh, in this area, her uh, being a modern day abolitionist against human trafficking. Um, and um, we are talking about prevention education today, amongst other things, raising awareness in the community. I did want to um, just mention that if you want to learn more about what Love Never Fails is doing uh, in prevention education or otherwise, you can find out more about us by going to our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com. And you can also reach us at 844-249-2698 if you have questions or if you need services. So do reach out. So Janice, tell us a little bit about, you know, as you've had an opportunity to um, kind of evaluate all of the different um, prevention education offers out there and post about them on your page. Um, tell us what, what what are your thoughts? What are you seeing as working? Um, what are some unique aspects of the various programs that um, people uh, could uh, go and look into for themselves? Well, I think um, the the issue um, since the implementation of the first prevention education law. Um, We've been talking to um, at the California School Board Association at their annual meeting, and every every year when I go back, there's more and more people in the room, and I think more and more school board members are beginning to understand that this is something that they need to deal with. I think for a long time, people felt that this was only something that impacted the most impoverished rural um, urban communities, but now, so um, gradually, um, the issue is getting uh, – there are more programs across the state of California and across the country where different nonprofits independently are developing sort of sex trafficking awareness. Some of these programs are, um, you know, event-type programs where it might be a, a, a drama or, or um, some sort of um, performance-based uh, event or others are – um, curriculums that uh, a volunteer will come in and will do a presentation. Um, we're seeing more, and I think what makes the most sense is obviously educating teachers because they're in the classroom um, and educating them on how to deliver the curriculum because it's sur- simply much more scalable. I think the challenge is, is that schools often teachers are often overly burdened with so many requirements. And so sometimes uh, school districts and and program managers are reluctant to put something else on the teacher's pipe. But it's it certainly helps now that this um, human trafficking education is now a mandate. Right. And so so there are, um, you know, in the state of California, I think the the biggest um, Organizations that are delivering programs are, uh, I think, Protect, mm-hmm. um, which has a um, teacher, um, teacher teach, well, teach the teacher, and then the teacher delivers mm-hmm. um, the curriculum. And they also have this wonderful online resource portal that the teachers can log into and, and download what they need. And um, that is on a platform. I can't remember if it's a Cisco platform or some other type of yeah, technology. It's Cisco today, and we're actually transitioning to another platform. Um, but uh, pretty much it's a learning management system 
And um, like you said, there's a catalog of all these resources, white papers, videos that the teachers can access and share. Actually, there's a a collaboration component where they can share it amongst other teachers, bulletin boards, you know, they can blog, there's news feeds. So there's a lot of uh, bells and whistles built in there. Um, But at the end of the day, the core thing is that that you can uh, systematically review the the content, uh, the videos, uh, the the accompaniment videos, along with slide decks that uh, teachers can present in class, pre and post tests. All of that is embedded in the in that right. environment. And what's cool about the Protect curriculum is is that it it you know it deals with the four different age groups, the starting grade five, and um, talking about, as I understand it, the healthy relationships, boundaries, and Mm -hmm. then moving into um, grade seven, where there's talking about more relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, safe relationships, and maybe beginning to touch on the subject of of sex trafficking, and expanding on that more in ninth grade. And then in 11th grade, the students take... um, more of an activist approach and, mm-hmm. and engaging and being uh, leaders in their community and getting the word out. And I think um, it is definitely very important that this is not just a one-off, one-time conversation um, the way reproductive health used to be um, yes. going up, that this is an ongoing problem because, you know, Sex trafficking, sexual abuse is a 24-7 concern. It doesn't, you know, you can have the education one week, but that doesn't mean that someone doesn't befriend you and say, hi, I'm I'm Joe, it's great to meet you. And that person is really a, a predator in disguise. So, um, so we have to keep the awareness up and consistent and in our school. So um, I like the protect curriculum because of its you know multi-layered approach and also because I believe it's scalable some of these other programs you know unfortunately it's great to do an assembly but there's a lot of resources and to, to bring the people in and there's a lot of kids across the state across the country that need to be educated and it it's not only you, you can't just think about planning, you know, to reach 300 kids at a time, Yeah, you have to think about reaching millions of kids at a time. Yeah. When we designed the program, we were very strategic in um, thinking, you know, we need to reach its 2.4 million children uh, of the 6.2 that are in fifth, seventh, ninth, and 11th grade. At least it was when we were, uh, this was the number when we were first kicking off. And so we were very clear about the the need to to scale in whatever system that we designed to 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 roll this out and i you know i couldn't be more in agreement with you that um everybody it's it, it's interesting right so i have a passion for that hands-on local organization that's going to really be present with um, students in community who will do that assembly. And I think that's a great thing. And I don't think we should stop doing that. But I also think that there should be a baseline of education that is just embedded in our, just like, you know, learning about anything else, um, a systematic way of learning about how, what human trafficking is. Well, it has to be. I mean, you have to create the structure. Yeah. So that so that it's something that teachers can 
you know, t- can just turn on and and implement as part of it. So it it does need to be strategic when you're needing to reach. I mean, the reality is we need to reach every kid. Yeah. I mean, there are certainly certain populations of kids that are more vulnerable just due to their circumstances. Um, and and certainly certain school districts and communities that have more kids who are in that high vulnerability uh, category. But every kid needs to understand about uh, the possibility of of recruitment through predators that they meet online and and, and offline as well. And so so that's that's really important that we do take a big approach. We need to we need to think in terms of educating millions of kids, yeah. and we also need to in, implement protocols so that the education is supported by um, by a system within the school. Absolutely, to, to deal with cases when when uh, exploitation is happening. Yeah, and so today we have uh, uh, protect deployed in twenty counties uh, out of the fifty eight, and I'll tell you the most challenging part of the rollout has been the protocol because you can't just go in there and tell teachers to start educating people on right on human trafficking. And then what, what happens when they say, Oh yeah, I'm being recruited or, uh, you know, I have been, or, you know, what's the process, right? So we have to have, like you said, a protocol at, at, at the County level that is very custom Right. And so what we've been finding with the regional directors, uh, protect regional directors, is that they um, have to coordinate right with all the players in each county and say, oh, do you have these kind of resources? Because not every county is, is created equal. Right. So, so what's the most complicated part about that? Well, just getting everybody at the table, getting everyone there that are the players in that county and getting everybody core another. Is it just that bureaucracy and entrenched systems are really the enemy? Yeah, and not only that, but just a lack of awareness. Like we've had some some um, agencies say, we don't have a problem with human trafficking. And then we'll bring probation in and they'll go, yeah, we do. Or we'll bring, we'll bring in social services, you know, uh, CPS, and they'll say, yeah, we do. And and so having those uh, different, pl- there, there, there's like this level setting and this education that has to happen at the county level yeah. before you can even create a protocol that is relevant to the people that we serve. We're, we're going to take a break um, and come back. I'd love to get your reactions there. You know, uh, there's several people that have been working on these types of pro- protocols here in 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 the in California. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit Love Never Fails. Us.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We're in studio today with Janice Jacobs, who is doing some amazing work in California. Uh, in the nation uh, as it relates to human trafficking and raising awareness by way of of several types of uh, 
uh, communication channels, uh, whether it's uh, through movie, uh, uh, through uh, uh, California's Forgotten Children, um, uh, whether it's for uh, through that as a vehicle, through movies, through uh, billboards, and through advocacy, public speaking, or online with abolitionistmom.org. And we're so grateful to her for the work she's doing. So we were just touching on in the last section that protocol development and the coordination of all the relevant resources in county has is really the biggest challenge in um, in ensuring that prevention education is delivered in a way that is ethical and thoughtful and um, and uh, effective. And so um, at, during the break, we were kind of chatting about, you know, how uh, you wouldn't think, right, you know, in, at, at first pass, you wouldn't think that doing an awareness campaign in a county, in a city, uh, would actually help the the prevention education piece with the students and yet they're very very much tied because people in county in city need to first be made aware that there is a problem and what the problem entails and even have some of their attitudes and beliefs adjusted before they are prepared to create an empathetic protocol that actually provides safety and caring and um, restoration to a child that has been subjected to human trafficking. Yeah, even after there's been so much more media coverage over the last few years, there's still so much misperceptions about this this problem, um, people not understanding the role the internet plays. And um, I think that that leads to a certain degree of complacency, mm-hmm. that this is not my problem. And so what I found what is very much needed and, and the role that oftentimes passion <laughs> really plays in this mm-hmm. is waking folks up to their moral responsibility that that this is something that is on happening on their watch, yes. that they're the adults and that you can't – it's not enough to go to – church or synagogue every week and and pray and talk about um you know being, being a good, a good no person neighbor, yeah but mm-hmm. that you really actually at some point it is that it is up our role to protect our children from from predators of all all kinds and so i've approached this with the awareness campaigns that i've been involved in which have included billboard campaigns and campaigns on public transit and um more recently uh a campaign that's also transitioning into um posters for schools is to is to really out this kind of the moral outrage about this issue the mm-hmm. fact that this is a human rights issue mm-hmm. that to stop showing um, really change the messaging so it's not just showing a victim, help me, help me, but you're really talking about the fact that this is, um, you know, this is our moral responsibility. We did one poster uh, billboard a few years ago that said, um, buying a teen for sex is child abuse, turning a blind eye is neglect. Yeah. And we want people to wake up that. And so I, I know that when I speak, oftentimes I really want people to get that this is their problem, and and also that um, you really have to clarify what is some simple actions, simple steps that people can do and make an impact. Because otherwise, it just you overwhelm them, right? And you have to clarify the path of action that will make an impact. Because people will do something very simple, 
They'll put a poster up. They'll, but you have to let school board members. What can I do? You have to answer that question for them because otherwise, if you give them ten things to do, they do nothing. If you give them one thing to do, then everyone will fall suit and they'll do their part and they'll move this along. So I think a lot of times,、um, what I see as my role is to clarify the path and and really、uh, provoke powerful. Um, invoke powerful messaging. Yes, and and that that is really important. If you want to be a change maker, you really have to motivate the actor, and you also have to,、uh, you know, point them in the right direction. Yeah, and and I definitely think eleven ninety three right is、uh, the the posting of of. Of, of flyers and information in places of business that has been really successful in getting the community active, walking from store to store, and placing,、um, uh, you know, an awareness、uh, piece in in a in a restroom or in the front window and that kind of thing. And so that's a great call to action. I think also going to your local PTA and saying, "What are we doing to ensure that our children are educated on this issue of human trafficking?" Trafficking,、um, and、um, and then other things like you know I was speaking at a church at East Town Church in、um, San Ramon the other day, and there、uh, they kicked off this event called Love Local, and you kind of made mention of we can't just sit back and you know and and be a good neighbor.、Um, "Quote unquote good without action," and so they,、um, you know, they they compelled the people that were in attendance to、um, go out to coffee with a neighbor that doesn't look like you, that isn't like you,、uh, deliver them some desserts, invite them over,、um, you know, that kind of thing, and not necessarily. Just and not just to get them to church. I really like that the pastor, Pastor Clint over there, Dupin,、um, and his wife、um, Michelle Dupin. They they said, "Don't worry about inviting them to church. That's not the, the. This is just being present with people." And I think oftentimes, if I had to like net out like the main thing that our youth and that people need is for us to be present with them. Look them in the eye. If、uh, I can't tell you how many homeless people I've talked to when we do our street outreach, and we see them, and and they've told、uh, told me,、um, you know, thanks for like asking me my name because no one has asked me for my name in years. And when you ask somebody for their name, you want to know them, and、right. that's powerful to see a young person on the bus and say, "Have a good day," or "Cool shoes." Right or you know, love your hair or just noticing things about people in your presence can make such a difference in their life,、well, especially if they're going through a hard time or、yeah. depression. I mean, when I run around Lake Merritt, I always talk to strangers and greet people, and if I see the same people all the time, it's it is it's a small thing that we can all do that is still really important.、Um, one thing I wanted to say, getting back to the、um, idea of. Specific actions we can take is, you know, I've worked on this,、uh, created this poster campaign. It has six different posters, and one of them deals with、um, technology recruitment. Sex traffickers love technology too. Another one talks about Romeo pimping, the boyfriend, fake boyfriend approach,、um, and I have one about、um, family members who exploit. 
kids who are school age and um, the trafficking of boys. But I have a this campaign. I one of the things I'm looking for community members to do is um, want to make these available to distribute out to your schools, to distribute out to your health clinics that kids um, go to and churches and, and synagogues so that, again, we get more people to start to understand the reality of how this happens, to start debunking the myth that this is just like taken, that, yeah. you, get, that you just get you know snagged off the street because that is not the only way that it happens. Right. Okay, so one of the things that I want to talk about in this next segment is I want to touch on SESTA, FOSTA, and, you know, that that was signed into federal law, which holds um, uh, technology platforms accountable for um, hosting uh, content that is knowingly, you know, uh, transacting business, uh, uh, exploiting children and, and women and men that are being trafficked. And, um, and clearly, you know, some of your billboards have touched on this issue of tech, tech being used as a vehicle to reach our youth. I'd love to get your take on SESTA FOSTA. There is some legislation coming out of San Francisco that is actually against, um, uh, SESTA FOSTA based on, um, uh, the impact that it's having, having to the sex workers union. And I'd love to get your take there, um, especially as it relates to creating safe places for children to be online. So we'll be right back. Um, and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio again with Denise Jacobs. It's been fun talking to you. Um, You're always a wealth of knowledge, and thanks for all you do. Um, We are talking now about the uh, a house bill known as FOSTA. It's Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. And the Senate bill, SESTA, which is Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, um, those acts were actually uh, signed into law uh, earlier this year. And, um, and which basically what they do is they hold, um, platform providers, uh, tech platform providers accountable for instances where their platform is knowingly used as a vehicle to sell children and adults. Um, that are victims of human trafficking. And um, the there's some pros, you know, there's some arguments for FOSTA, SESTA, and against. Um, some uh, are, as I mentioned, the San Francisco uh, Mayor's Task Force is uh, voting on whether uh, they will oppose or um, um, accept um, uh and align with FOSTA, SESTA, it seems as though the position is against it at this time because of the impact that uh, SESTA, FOSTA is having on uh, the sex workers union and uh, making, forcing those that leverage these platforms for uh, what they view to be, um, you know, a, a, uh, a consensual sexual transaction uh, that now they're being forced on, you know, into um, uh, sort of black market um, and so, and offline. So um, it's making it their, their, their position is that they're, they're now becoming unsafe, more unsafe than they were prior. Yeah. 
And um, while I never want anyone to be unsafe, um, people in sex workers union or anyone else that, you know, I'm a proponent for the safety of all. Uh, my my position and Love Never Fails position is that we are proponents of SESTA FOSTA because um, because those environments have been used to uh, the, many of these platforms have not been thoughtful about making sure that their environments have um, safe harbors and have safety measures to ensure that children aren't knowingly sold on their platform. And so, uh, you know, uh, I'm a member of the tech community uh, and um, I would never go so far as to say, well, you've got to shut down, you know, Facebook or you've got to shut down Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. But let's make sure that these environments have some safety measures built in so that when children are being transacted there, someone who can help them is made aware Right. I mean, this is a problem that that tech has, you know, is enabling and it's not like somebody's to blame that there was a conscious effort, conspiracy to, to do this. But but the technology has enabled this problem. And I believe that people in the tech community are creating should be creating. I mean, these People who work in tech, their parents too, and and that you need to be socially responsible about what you're contributing to. So if you're working for a car manufacturer, you need to be responsible about the fact that your cars are safe. Right. And if you have a technology platform that you're creating, that you want it to be safe for, for people. And if you can come up with ways to make the environment open, then you can create – I mean, there's brilliance in – the tech community, you can come up with ways to protect people. That's And right. so that it does impose a responsibility and accountability to technology professionals to think about how do we protect other human beings from exploitation. Um, while I don't judge people about decisions they make in their lives, um, as far as I know, um, in the at least in California, prostitution is illegal. Right. And while I don't want anybody to be unsafe, but someone's freedom to practice uh, to that, practice yeah. their what they want to practice shouldn't impinge on the responsibility of tech companies to create safe platforms. So somewhere in that realm, maybe there's some negotiation that needs to happen between the sex workers and certain platforms. I don't know. But I don't I think that the important the FOSTA Cessna is Cessna is important for um, for engaging the tech community in being part of the solution Absolutely. and not just part of the problem. And so it's it's important. And I know there are folks that feel differently and mm. You know, certainly their their opinion should be heard, but um, I think that there is a belief that um, sexual exploitation, prostitution is a victimless crime, and it's it's not. And even folks that in many times are engaged in it still have trauma from previous 
yeah. abuse. Yeah, I actually was speaking with someone who's a member of the sex traffic, uh, sex workers union, and um, she shared with me that all almost all of the people that are in the union that she knows are victims of child sexual abuse. And so, you know, again, um, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not in the business of um, uh, judging her or anyone who's in the workers union. And um, I want, again, I want them to be safe and I'm, I'm committed to their safety as well. Um, However, I can't avoid this you know, this statistic, which is that there's a huge correlation between being a commercially sexually exploited child and being an adult who's now saying that sex is work. And um, and I just wonder if we did a better job of making sure that a child was never trafficked in the first place, how many people would actually select being a sex worker over being some some other, you know, having some other career path. And so, um, you know, I, uh, you know, my concern is that we, we prevent, we, we, this, these technology platforms prevent human trafficking uh, from happening in the first place and invest in putting up ads, just like we have, we're, we're real adamant about creating ads to create money, right? To go get after money. We're very adamant about creating cybersecurity so that we protect our millions in the bank. But do we have the proper parameters in place to protect our precious children? Yeah, the intellectual proper the 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 brain power is there. They can come up with a solution. The solutions are out there. People just need to be committed to that. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. Um, okay, so a, a couple things before we go to break. I know um, we're we're going to talk about events that are going on in the community, but. Um, so you've got this, your billboard campaigns that you've been running. Um, and just for everyone's, you know, not everyone may know, but, uh, you had one, uh, down 880 corridor initially, right? Um, then it was, uh, taken down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And that one with 880 corridor you did in, in, in uh, partnership with the uh, district attorney, Alameda County District Attorney's Office, right? Right. We created that and then it went down to uh, San Diego, partnered with the San Diego District Attorney's Office, partnered with the L.A. Supervisor's Office. That was our first year, 2014. Then the next year we did another campaign focusing on trafficking of school-aged uh, kids and we, that was primarily in Alameda County, and then uh, and then uh, more. I worked on the Super Bowl campaign to raise awareness more of labor trafficking, and now I'm focusing on a this prevention oriented poster campaign, which has run on outdoor media and is also now being created as posters for uh, distribution to schools. Yeah, and that's really something I would love to see a partnership there, as I mentioned to you, between Protect and uh, yourself to wherever we're going into schools to have posters um, in those schools, right, that reinforce the messages that the teachers are sharing. Because as you know, um, you know, you have this one week in school that you're going through curriculum. And even though it's in our program, it's actually systematic where you're getting it in fifth, seventh, ninth and 11th grade. It still would be really awesome to have a poster there that reinforced those messages that they just learned. So hopefully we can get that going. Yeah. And it's great to have it in classrooms because the kids are they're there they're every day yeah. and they're staring around the room and they're looking at the walls. And this is something that, you know, just to let it sink in a little bit That's and right. seeing it repeatedly and seeing different messages. So, yeah, I think the school venue will be really effective. 
Yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, um, if you are, as you're listening, if you are interested in Protect Learning More, you can go to our website, which is protectnow.org, and you can find out plenty more about it and advocate for that um, within your schools. If you're thinking about something else, maybe you want something that's more artistic in nature, um, uh, there's a, a beautiful program that was developed by Nola Brantley Speaks called Word on the Street. Uh, that's more of a um, intervention prevention program, great for urban uh, cities, um, and we've rolled it out in Alameda County. There's a program that uh, City of Refuge has uh, r- rolled out called Shine, uh, which is more getting at the um, self-esteem of a young person, which is usually what is most heavily preyed upon when you're talking about a trafficker coming after a person. So there's a, a lot of different uh, angles. And then, of course, you can go to abolitionistmom.org for some other um, uh, op- options. Um, I think I Empathize has a great program. A21 has a great program. Um, so do, you know, do your research and um, and just let's just make sure it happens. And and um, what's most important is that you come alongside the school district and the students there in the community there and make sure that they know that they are important and you see them. So um, I am going to go to break now. Um, we'll come back with some events that are going on in the community. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Again, we're in the studio with Janice Jacobs, and we're so grateful for you. Janice, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? So there's a link on my website to contact me. So if you just go to my website, abolitionistmom.org, and then you can... Click the contact link, or if you just email G-E-N-I-C-E at abolitionistmom.org, you can reach me if you're interested in getting involved in distributing posters to the schools. Um, I should have those in a few weeks, and um, working with communities to get those out there into the schools or into local coffee shops that get to raise awareness. So I would love... Um, just reach out and um, contact me and we'll, we'll partner. Awesome. Awesome. And we were just saying during the break, there's there's a few people that may not be, uh, you know, impacted by human trafficking. And what, what, what did you say? Uh, I said, you only really have to worry about it if your kid has access to technology. Mm-hmm. Ba dum Your kid doesn't have a cell phone. They don't have a computer. They don't need to work. Then you're good. You're, 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 you're know, probably just, good. And, you, and, and they can't and go anywhere. Them, and you're with them at the mall every, every single day. day. <laughs> every day. And they never leave your oh. side. They're probably safe. Then but, you're safe. Yeah. yeah I so, mean, you just have to really know your kid. Yeah. You've got to pay attention. You've got to have your eyes open if you, because you can't track every single move they make on Instagram. Yeah. Even, I mean, I'm a parent, you're a parent, Vanessa. Helicopter. And you know, you, and that doesn't still, work. It doesn't matter. You can't, you can't micromanage your kid. They'll hate you. Right. And then they shut down and then they won't communicate with you. So right. that doesn't work either. No. Yeah. So you have to know your kid, 
talk to your kid about the threat of online predators and about the reality of sex trafficking. And they'll find it annoying, as my kids do. Mm -hmm. And but but they but it sinks in. It sinks in. And I can I can attest to every single one of my kids have thanked me. Uh, over the years for uh, for for doing that. So we have a few events. If you want to learn more, come on out to join us tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, we are going to be meeting uh, to do our street outreach, our monthly street outreach. And you can learn more about that by emailing streets at com. I'm also going to be speaking at San Francisco Lighthouse Church on the 26th next Sunday, 930 and 11 a.m. That's at 1337 Sutter Street in San Francisco. And also inviting you on uh, September the 2nd, uh, we are going to be doing a Love My City community prayer. Uh, we do that at 6 o'clock in a city near you. Uh, please email prayer at Love Never Fails Us. Uh, and uh, Chantel will get back to you. By the way, Chantel was or has received her ordination as a pastor now. Chantel Avarez, shout out to Chantel. Congratulations uh, to you. And lastly, we are uh, going to be at the Kaiser Prevention event. Uh, event that's going on later this month and um, prevention education event in Pleasanton. If you want to learn more about that, email me at Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. And uh, we just want to leave you with one very important message, and that is that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.